0: Take your Bibles this morning, if you will, please, and turn to the book of 2 Peter, 2 Peter uh, chapter number 2 in your Bibles, if you will, 2 Peter chapter number 2, and I've got uh, on the screen, I've got us beginning in verse number 18, but uh, just reading back over the passage this morning, I think we're going to back up just a little bit, and we're going to start in verse number 4 and then we'll we'll get to verse number 18 here in just a moment, because I think these first few verses that we're going to read are sort of a precursor to the last verses that we read in Second Peter chapter 2. So we're glad for you to be here today, and boy, God's been good this week, and God has uh, and I know you've been praying, uh, praying for us, and the Lord uh, given given us some wonderful truths that I want to share to the church, and uh, but sometimes I always second guess myself, you know, when I'm getting ready to preach a message like this, especially on a Sunday morning. This is a this is a tough message for a Sunday morning, but uh, but I believe this is the will of God, and God didn't guide me any other way. So we're just gonna uh, we're gonna stay with what the Lord has given us as we speak on a reality of eternity, a reality of eternity. What is a reality of eternity? I'm getting ready to tell you in just a moment. What, now, there are many realities of eternity, but I'm going to tell you one. We're going to focus on one reality day, today. And so 2 Peter chapter 2 in your Bibles, when you find your places, if you're able to stand, let's stand out of respect for the reading of God's Word. Aren't you glad you have a Bible this morning? Amen. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. Our Bible says, For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, And delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. And spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an ensample unto those that after should live ungodly. And deliver just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations. Look at this last part though. And to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. Now, we're still talking about that same group, but I want you to skip down to verse number 18. And, in, and he says this, For when they, those folks that we just read about, for when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through much wantonness, those that were clean escape from them who live in error. While they promised them liberty... They themselves are the servants of corruption for of whom a man is overcome of the same as he brought in bondage. Now really pay attention to the next few verses. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is, Is worse with them than the beginning. Now look at verse number 21, which is our text. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. And so you may be seated this morning. We're going to dwell on those two verses, verse twenty and verse number twenty-one. And if you would keep your Bibles open, because we're going to we're going to go to several passages. In fact, I'm not sure that we'll make it to all of the passages that I have in the outline today, but we'll go to as many as we can. And boy, uh, well, if you've ever given if you've ever given the preacher your ear, I want you to give your preacher the ear today an ear today. And we want to try to uh, uh, preach, teach, whatever it is. We want to try to expound on uh, a doctrine in the Bible that I think is uh, being missed, and it's definitely one that you don't want to miss, that's for sure. It's a serious topic, it's a sober topic, but it's a topic that needs to be talked about. And so I want to talk to you about that subject, a reality of eternity. So we're going to pray and just jump right into it today, and so would you bow with me this morning and let's pray together. Father, we love you, and it's been a great day today and a wonderful service Lord, the choir was wonderful. The congregationals have been uh, so uplifting. Thank you for the good special that Brother Mike uh, just did for us. And Father, I pray that our hearts have been helped and encouraged, enlightened, Lord, through the music and through the singing today. Now, Spirit of God, forgive us for our sins and cleanse us, Lord. And I pray that there would be nothing in our hearts today or our lives that would block the blessing of the Lord. And Holy Ghost, I pray that you would fill us today. I do pray for filling. And one of the reasons is because I know how badly I need it. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd fill me as I preach the Word of God to your people. But, Lord, I know also that I'm not the only one that needs it. These people need it. They need the filling of the Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd fill them. Lord, we understand that... Uh, The natural man receiveth not the things that be of God. And so we need spiritual uh, hearing aids today. We need spiritual ears. And so, Lord, I pray that you would uh, do that for us, please. And I pray that Christ will receive glory and praise from all that's done. And I pray that we'll be helped today. And I pray that folks will be saved. And so, Lord, breathe upon us now and clear the way and accomplish your will. Father, the best we know how we plead the blood of Jesus over the service And we pray that you would bind the powers of darkness and Lord, keep them away from this place and this people and this preacher. We love you and praise you. And we ask these things in Jesus' precious name and for his sake and all God's people said, amen. And so in Peter's second epistle here, Peter is referring to a group in theological terms known as what we would call apostates, apostates, people that have heard the truth folks that have been exposed to the truth and yet they have turned from the truth. And so if you're not careful, you'll read the scripture and you'll you, you might even get a little confused and you'll say, "Pastor, is that saying that a man can be saved and that he can lose his salvation?" And that's not what the Bible is saying there at all. This is speaking of those that have apostatized, those that uh, have heard the truth and yet they have turned away from the truth. But notice what our scripture says, some very serious words in verse number 21. The Bible says, for it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them, uh, delivered unto them. Now someone says, preacher, why is that? The Bible says that it would have been better for these folks never have been exposed to the truth never to heard this truth preached or uh, taught on, it would have been better for them never to have known the way of righteousness than after they've heard the truth to turn from the truth and to reject it. Now, someone says, Pastor, why is that? And and the reason for that, the answer to that is because there is a reality of eternity. And, and one of the realities of eternity seems to be this, that in eternity, there seems to be varying degrees of of punishment. In other words, when we when we die and we're all going to, when we all go into eternity, and there's just one or, one of two places you're gonna go when you die, you're either going to heaven or you're going to hell. You say, Pastor, I'm not going to either one. You're going to one or the other. Yeah. One or the other you're going to. When well, you say, uh, you see, uh, Pastor, what you don't know is, is when I die, I'm going to, uh, and uh, intermediate place. I'm going to an in-between place. I'm I'm not going to heaven. And I, I you know I've, I know I really haven't lived a Christian life, uh, but I, I'm not not that bad. I'm a I'm a, a pretty good person. I'm a I'm a good old boy, and uh, I'm not going to hell either. You see, I'm going to purgatory, Pastor. And you just didn't know that. Well, uh, you know I say this in Christian love, but I think what you didn't know is that what you just thought is not in the Bible. And that's a big problem. It's something that man has concocted. It's something that man has derived. uh, This idea that I'm not going to heaven, I'm not going to hell. I'm just sort of going going to a a holding place. And that's where I'm going to hold out until somebody prays me out or pays me out or until I have been purged of my sins. And then eventually one of these days the Lord will usher me uh, into heaven. But that's not found in the word of God. A reality of eternity is that there will be varying degrees of punishment. And I said that for this reason. Some of the worst punishment in eternity will be for those who knew the way but rejected. The worst punishment will be for those people who knew the truth They heard the truth, maybe time and time again, and yet they never responded to the truth. Winston Churchill said it like this, men occasionally stumble over the truth, but most of them pick themselves up and hurry off as if nothing happened. And unfortunately, that's how it is. And sadly, that's how it is in America. And I would say that's how it is, especially in America. Because if there's any nation in the world that has heard the truth, America has heard the truth. If God is going to hold any nation accountable for what they've learned and what they've heard, it's going to be America. There are some nations you could go today where uh, the name of Jesus is not proclaimed, it's not preached. There are some nations that you could go to today where they do not have a Bible. I have, Thankfully, I have stacks of Bibles in my house and often I have several Bibles laying on top of my desk but you could go to nations today where there are no Bibles, there are no copies of the Word of God and and it is a a cherished treasure to receive a copy of the Word of God. Uh, Those nations are not going to stand uh, account like America is going to stand, stand accountable and then I would say this too there are places in America that you would go that are not going to be as accountable as we are we're living in the, what they call the Bible Belt, and some would call us the buckle of the Bible Belt. I mean, there's a church, you know, a, a church on every corner, and, and all they, the, although they're not all the same, uh, and, and they, don't, they don't always preach the truth, I'm just saying this, that most of us in this area, most of us have heard enough truth uh, that one of these days when we stand before a holy and a righteous God, we will have no excuse for rejecting it. And the worst degree of punishment will be for those who have heard the truth and yet they failed to respond to the truth. So it'd be something like this. A mom and a dad come to their, uh, their little child, their little boy, little girl, and uh, the kids are inquisitive and curious and, and they see these little things in the, in the uh, wall around the house and uh, and they're just tempted to mess with it's called a, an electrical outlet, and mom and dad come to that child and they say, "Listen to me now. That's uh, you, that's that'll hurt you. That'll hurt you. And so don't you don't you mess with that. Don't you stick anything in that. That will not hurt you. It'll shock you. Now that little child doesn't understand shock. He doesn't understand electricity." But he does understand, mom and dad said, if you do that, it's going to hurt you. I mean, it might kill you. It's going to, it, it's, you're not going to be glad that you mess with that. And so uh, occasionally that little child runs by that, uh, that outlet and, and gets a little enamored of that out. And mom and dad say, no, 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 no. Don't you mess with that outlet. Don't you mess with that outlet. What's going to happen if you mess with that outlet? It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. And uh, that's exactly right. It's going to hurt you. It's going to shock you. And mom and dad have told that child, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. But then when mom and dad are not looking, that child decides to do it. And he takes one of mom's bobby pins or he takes a, uh, 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 takes a file or he takes something and he sticks it in that outlet and you know the rest of the story, don't you? And he ends up getting shocked and he comes to mom and dad crying because it shocked him and it hurt him and it scared him. And, uh, and now here's the thing, this child knew the truth and yet he returned, he, he, he turned away from the truth. Now the Bible's saying this, that that person who knows the truth and yet they reject the truth, punishment in eternity will be more severe for that person. Now we gotta get underway here because I got several things I wanna give you this morning but I want you to take your Bibles if you will and I wanna unpack this. Turn over to the book of Luke, the gospel of Luke this morning, Luke chapter number 12. Luke chapter number 12, Uh, a a reality of eternity is that there are going to be varying degrees of punishment. And uh, the worst punishment will be for those who knew the truth, and yet they rejected the truth. Now look at Luke chapter 12 in your Bibles and turn to uh, verse number 42. Luke 12 verse 42, the Bible says, And the Lord said, who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them their portion of meat in due season? Look at verse 43. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord. Now, Brother Mike talked about that in our Sunday school class this morning. Blessed, happy, happy, happy is what that means. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord when he cometh, shall find so doing. Verse 44. Of a truth I say unto you that he will make him ruler over all that he hath. But Watch now, church. Look at verse 45. But... But an if that servant say in his heart, my Lord delayeth his coming and shall begin to meet the men servants and the maidens and to eat and drink and to be drunken, The Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him, and an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him in sunder, and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. Now listen, Calvary, this is what I'm saying. This is what the Bible's saying. Here's a man who understands that his Lord is coming again, and yet he decides to live like his Lord is not coming again. He's heard the truth. He knows it's a reality. He knows his Lord's coming And yet, because his Lord has delayed his coming, he begins to live like his Lord is not coming. And so he knows what is right. He knows the truth. And yet, he rejects that truth. And he decides to live a whole different lifestyle. And the Bible says for that man, there's going to be severe punishment. Now, here's what I want to talk to you just for a few minutes about today. You say, Pastor, why do people reject spiritual knowledge? If people know the truth, what would cause someone to turn away from the truth that they've heard? Can I give you several thoughts this morning? Number one is the word pride. Pride. Why are there some who know the truth and yet they never have accepted it? Why do they continue to reject it? Why do they continue to turn away from it? Pride. In other words, what will people think of me? If I decide to give in and let go and let God have his way, If I walk that aisle, if I give my heart to Christ, what are people gonna think? What are, what are people gonna think about me? And church, I'm telling you, I believe this is the case. I believe that hell is gonna be full of people who, because they were not willing to eat their pride, uh, they're gonna be in hell for eternity simply because they were thinking about what others were going to think about them. Listen, I'm telling you, uh, that's a big one. It's a big one. It's one of the reasons that there are so many unsaved people in our churches today. And Sunday after Sunday, the Spirit of God speaks to their heart and God draws them to themselves to himself and yet they never respond and they never get saved and the reason is because they're thinking well what's so-and-so gonna think what what's my wife gonna think what's my husband gonna think what in the world's my mom and dad gonna think what's the preacher gonna think and I want to say Calvary who cares what they think don't let pride take you to hell Man, I remember, and you've heard my testimony, and I won't go into my testimony this morning, but I remember my testimony when I got born again, and, uh, and and I was under conviction. I'm telling you, church, I was so heavy under conviction of the Holy Ghost. I knew that I needed to get it settled. And the devil came, and the devil said, you can't do that. You cannot. You can't admit that. You can't. Your dad's chairman of the deacon board. Your mama is a Sunday school teacher. Them people think you're saved, and that you've grown up in a Christian home and what are people gonna think? And I'm telling you, happy, happy day when I said, I don't care what anybody thinks. I don't care what they think. I've gotta come to Jesus and get born again. Amen. Pride. Man, pride's gonna keep a lot of people from being saved. True and genuine salvation comes when you, begin, when you become unconcerned about what others think. And you've heard me tell that little story. Dr. Williams was preaching in a meeting one time and boy, God was working. I mean, the crowd was growing every night and visitors were coming. And Brother Williams said he preached one night, gave the gospel, and and he said folks were on the altar. And he said there was a lady that had been visiting the church. She was a, a fluent lady and that just means she had... Some money. You could tell by her dress. I mean, boy, she dressed to the max, and she was, every hair was in place. I'm not talking about a J.C. Penny dress. I'm talking about you know, I'm talking about four or five, six hundred dollar dress. Just everything, shoes, hat, whole whole thing. And they said the spirit of God began to work in that service, and and uh, I guess maybe the pastor was dealing with some folks, and and that lady stepped out, and she came, and. Dr. Williams said he walked down and he greeted her and he said, yes, ma'am, can I help you? And She said, yes, preacher. She said, I need to be saved. He said, wonderful, wonderful. Come on, let's get down here and let's get you saved. And Brother Williams said he just fell down on the altar. And he said he looked beside him and said he was, there was nobody there. He turned around, that lady was still standing here in the aisle. So he got back up and he went to her and he said, now you said you wanted to get saved. Yes, preacher. I need to get saved. Good, he said. I thought that's what you said. I thought maybe I misunderstood. Good, good, good. Come on, let's get down here. And man, he just dove in the altar. And he turned around and he was by himself again. And there she was standing on the altar. And in the aisle. And he got back up and he said, Sister, he said, did you not tell me that you want to get saved? And this is what she said. Preacher, does everybody have to kneel to get saved? and Dr. Williams said not everybody but you do yeah, right. yeah. Did you know that did you know that pride is going to keep a lot of people out of heaven pride. I'm talking to folks that, that, that live in the south, and man, they've heard the gospel, they've heard preaching, they know what church is all about, and they've heard the gospel, and God has been working on them, and the Spirit of God has been convicting them, and and He says, you know that preacher's telling it right, and you know that choir's singing it right, and you know there's a heaven, and you know there's a hell, and you know that Bible is true, and you better get down there and get saved. And yet, there are people that are filling our churches all across America who are so full of pride and they're. They're so concerned about what other people are gonna think. Yes, I'm preaching it good this morning. They are so concerned about having to bend and having to bow that they're not willing to come to Jesus. Pride. Pride. But but there's something else. Number two is the word procrastination. Now take your Bibles. I wanna show you something amazing. Look over at Acts, the book of Acts. Acts chapter 24 in your Bibles, Acts chapter 24, and and look, if you will, at verse number 24. Acts 24 and verse number 24. And here Paul is, and Paul is witnessing to Felix, the governor. Now, look what happened. Boy, uh, Paul's got the power of the Holy Spirit on him, and man, he's telling it right, and and Acts 24, verse 24, the Bible says, And after certain days, when Felix came with his wife Drusilla, which was a Jewess, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. Now look at verse 25. And as he, Paul, as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled. Felix trembled. You know what's going on, church? He is under conviction of the Holy Spirit. This man is scared to death. He's getting ready to fall into hell. I mean, I'm telling you, that's, just, that's what's going on. And he's listening to Paul give this incredible witness of his salvation experience. And he's giving the gospel and the Spirit of God is working. And the Bible says that Felix trembled. Look at this, though. And answered, go thy way for this time. And then he said, when I have a convenient season. I will call for thee. You know what, church? I studied this out. Did you know the historians believe that right after this situation that Felix had an attempt on it or Felix just about lost his life right after this situation that he just about didn't survive. And yet Felix said this, one of these days, one of these days I'm going to do it. Not today, one of these days. In a convenient season, I'm going to do it. Now, old story, old story, I've used it many times throughout the, down through the years, but I'm gonna use it again today. It's a fictitious story, it's not true, of course. It's, it's just made up, but, but, uh, but, I believe it's a, it's, but I believe it's a correct analogy. And so the story goes that the devil and all his imps in hell got together one day and they had a staff meeting. And the devil said to all of his demons in hell, he said, we need to figure out a way that we can get the maximum number of people in hell that we can. I need some ideas. One of the demons spoke up and said, I've got an idea. He said, I'm going to go down there. And he said, I'm going to tell those folks that that Bible right there is just a book. Not true. It's not accurate. It's full of mistakes. You can't trust it. You can't rely on it. It's just a book. You can't, listen, it's false it's false. There's not a heaven. There's not a hell. Uh, Jesus was just a man. And I'll just tell him it's false. It's just, it's all made up. And the devil thought for a little bit and he said, well, you know, that might, that might work. And uh, anybody else have an idea? Well, another demon spoke up and he said, here's what I'm going to do. He said, I'm going to go down there. And he said, I'm going to tell him that that preacher is just a, he's just a, a no good carpet bagger, And I mean, he's just concerned about money and he didn't, he's not concerned about the truth and you can't believe him. You can't trust him. And, uh, and I'm just going to tell him that, all those preachers, all those bunch of preachers, you can just put them in one big pile. And man, they, they're just all, uh, you know, a bunch of false prophets. And you can't trust anything they say. And, and the devil thought, well, you know, that, that's not a bad idea. That might work. and—and and, uh, But still not quite there. And then all of a sudden, another demon stepped up and he said, I've got it. I've got it. He said, I'm going to go down there and I'm going to tell them it's all true. When he said that, Satan about came unleashed. He said, hold on. I'm going to tell him it's all true. I'm going to go down there and tell him it's, it's true. There is a heaven. There is a hell. Boy, Satan is about to interrupt and he said, hang on. I'm going to go down there and tell him that that preacher's telling the truth. That he's, he's honest. He's he's, he's a man of integrity. He's telling them what they need to hear. I'm going to tell them that Bible is the word of God, that there is a heaven, there is a hell. Jesus is the son of God, that he did die to pay for their sins. And by this time, Satan is about to come unglued. But the demon said, hang on just another minute. I'm going to tell them it's all true and they need to be saved. Just not today. You've got plenty of time. Oh, it is true you need to be saved. There is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun, but you have plenty of time. You don't have to do it today. Oh, he's telling the truth. One of these days, you do need to walk the aisle. You do need to give your heart to Christ. You do need to respond to the truth, just not today. And Satan got the biggest smile on his face, and he said, that's it, that's it, that's it. He said, That's the idea that we're going to use. Now, that's a fictitious story, but I'm telling you, church, did you know that's happening? all over the world all over America there are people like you that are sitting in churches where the gospel is being proclaimed where the Bible is being preached and taught where the spirit of God is working and yet the the devil comes and the devil says he's right he's right the Bible's true there is a heaven there is a hell he's telling it right but you don't need to do it today don't do it today you got plenty of time and I'm telling you there are going to be some people in eternity who are going to suffer the worst punishment why? because they turned away from truth because of procrastination. Why do people reject the truth, Pastor? Number one, pride. Number two, procrastination. Can I give you this third one quickly? Number three is the word presumption. What do you mean, Preacher? Many have heard the truth, but they presume that they'll be able to accept the truth on their terms. So, Pastor, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get saved. On my time. I've heard some young people say this I'm gonna get saved, but I just want to live a little. Well, if you want to live a little, you better get saved because you really don't start living until you get saved. And by the way, after I got saved, after I got saved and it came to know Christ as my Savior, my dear friend, I don't live a little, I live a lot. That's what I do. I'm telling you, the greatest life you'll ever live is a life given to Jesus Christ. Amen. Oh, yes, good neighbor. Hey, you can have your booze. You can have your drugs. You can have your crack. You can have your meth. You can have your bad crowd. You can have your sexual diseases. You can have all these things. Hey, just give me Jesus. Oh, yes. Well, pastor, I'm gonna, you know, one of these days, I'm going to, pastor, I'm going to, but I'm gonna wait till I'm 30 years old. And here's the thing, you presume that you'll make it to 30, but you don't know you'll make it to 30. Well, I'm not gonna get saved in this service, pastor. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna get saved tonight. And you presume that you'll be back tonight, but you don't know that you'll be back tonight. Preacher, you're preaching a good message. I'm going to come back tonight. You're a good preacher. You're a good preacher. I'm going to come back tonight to hear you preach again. You presume that I'll be preaching tonight, but you don't know I will be. You say, you, you may get a call today. says, you all hear what happened? Pastor Folt fell over dead with a heart attack. You say, preacher, that's negative. No, it's not negative, it's reality. Yes, it's reality. And yet, I wonder how many people are in hell because they said, you know what? I, I, one of these days, man, when, I, when, when, it, when everything lines up, when everything's convenient, you know, I, when, when everything, you know, when all the stars line up, I'm, I'm gonna get saved. Presumption. We gotta bring this thing to a close. There's another reason people turn away from the truth, and that's peer pressure. Proverbs 1.10 says, My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. This is someone who knew the truth. They heard the truth. They knew they needed to respond to the truth, but someone convinced them to wait. Listen, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that you don't need to be saved, but don't go today. Because we've got that party tonight. And so you need to be saved, but don't go today. Listen, I'm not against you living for Jesus if that's what you want to do, but don't do it right now. And there will be people in hell because of this thing called peer pressure. Now here's, we're done, but here's the message. Regardless of the reason that you reject truth, for those who knew the truth but rejected punishment, Will be most severe. So, whether you miss all these points, what I want you to understand is this: that regardless of you say, Pastor, I've not received Christ, I'm not, you know, uh, I, I've not given into the truth. But it's none of these reasons. It doesn't matter what the reasons are. I'm just saying that if you've heard the truth and you've turned away from the truth, eternity, punishment in eternity, will be worse for you. You say, preacher, I'm not quite convinced. Okay, let's go a little further. Take your Bible's turn to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter number 12 and look at verse number 47. It's 1223. The wheels are on the runway. We're getting ready to bring this thing to a close, but I want you to really hear me out. Luke 12 verse 47. Luke 12 verse 47. Some very important words. The Bible says in verse 47, and that servant which, what's the word? And that servant which knew his Lord's will and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, look at this next line, shall be beaten with many stripes. But he that knew not, And did commit things worthy of stripes shall be eaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given of him shall be much required. And to whom men have committed much of him they will ask the more. There's a big difference between those people who have never been exposed to the truth and those who have been exposed to the truth all their life. Many years ago, down here in the old building, my mom gave me a book called Through Gates of Splendor. Elizabeth, uh, Elizabeth Elliott wrote that book. She wrote about her husband and, and about, their, about their life. And I, I can remember sitting down here in the old office, and I started reading that book, and I got so glued to that book, I couldn't put it down. In fact, I think I sat there and pretty much read the whole book in one sitting. And, and that, that book, Through Gates of Splendor, talks about a man, her husband, by the name of Jim Elliott. And Jim Elliott became a missionary to the Alka Indians in South America. And this is what he said, and I read this this week. Uh, Jim Elliott considered the home church well-fed. And so he surrendered to go to international missions. In other words, in his opinion, the American church had heard the truth and heard the truth and heard the truth and heard the truth. Jim Elliott said, the church here is so well-fed, we're going somewhere where they're not well-fed. And so he and Ed McCauley, Roger Udarian, Pete Fleming and Nate St went to the south, went to the Amazon jungle and began to try to reach the Hurani tribe. Some of you know the story, some of you've read the book, some of you saw the movie. They began to try to make connections with the tribe. By the way, as far as we know, that tribe had never seen a white man, never. They, they uh, plotted out a little place on the beach where they could land their plane. They begin to throw out gifts from the plane to try to let the tribe know that they were friendly in nature. And then they planned the date, and sure enough, they landed the plane on the beach. And those four young men got out, and were going to do their best to try to bring the gospel to this Hurani tribe. And some of you know the, the story. The witch doctor in that village told the people that if you let the white man come here, he's going to eat you. He's going to eat you. And so that day, those those Hurani uh, warriors went out with javelins and spears. And long story short, they speared all those men to death, killed every one of those four missionaries, killed them tragically, just a tragic, in some ways, terrible, tragic situation. Now, one good thing that came out of that story was many men surrendered to the mission field because of that. And, uh, and Jim Elliott's wife ended up going back, even after they killed her husband. She ended up going back to that tribe and eventually led them to Jesus. Amen. They came to Christ. But here's my point. Did you know that tribe that speared those young men to death will not be as accountable as you? You say, preacher, that's horrible. It is. You say, savages. You're right. Didn't wear clothes. They really didn't. If you see the book, those they're just naked savages. They are, they're savages. And you say, Pastor, that's terrible that, that they would take the, the lives of those young men. rip the plane to shreds, by the way. Just ripped it to shreds. And some of those young, young boys, they found them in the river, you know, days later, found them in the river and retrieved their bodies. Just you say, Pastor, that's terrible. It is terrible. Don't get me wrong, it's terrible. But those warriors will not be as accountable to God as people in the state of North Carolina. You know why? They never heard never heard the truth. Now, now, God was trying to get the truth to them, and he did. Evidently, there was somebody in that, in that tribe who wanted to know, and so and God got the gospel to them. But I'm just saying this, they'll never, they'll never answer for those things like we will. You know why? They never heard the truth. Now, we're done, but I want you to turn one, one last place. It's 1229, and we're going to bring this to a close. But I want you to take your Bibles. I've got two places. I'm just going to have you go to one. Turn over to Revelation chapter 20, and look at verse number 11. Revelation 20 and verse number 11. Right before the very, very back of your Bible, in case you're, you're looking, just go to the dead back of your Bible right there. Revelation chapter 20 and look at verse number 11. The Bible says, And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. Verse 12 says, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the Bible says, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books. Look at this. According to their works. In verse 13, and the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. You know what I believe, church? I believe one of these days, those sinners that stand at the great white throne judgment, those sinners that receive the worst punishment will be those sinners who heard the truth. They knew, they knew that Bible was true. They knew that Jesus was the son of God. They knew they needed to get saved. They heard it preached time and time again. And yet for some reason, they rejected the truth and they turned away from the truth. And one of these days in eternity, those people, you say, pastor, you need to calm down. It's no time to calm down. It's time to get fired up. Because although what I'm preaching this morning is not roses and petunias, it's true. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And those who have turned away from the truth will receive the worst punishment in eternity. If you've never read Harold Morris's story called Twice Pardoned, you ought to read it. You young people here today, ought to go on YouTube and type in Harold Morris twice pardoned. You ought to watch the video. Harold Morris grew up maybe right, but later in his college years, he got mixed up with the wrong crowd and began to do some things that he knew knew weren't right. Uh, I'm talking about a man that had intellect, a man that, that could achieve so much, and he got mixed up with the wrong crowd. Him and some boys, him and two other fellows, took off to Atlanta, Georgia, and they were gonna go and party and see the girls and just gonna have a time, and so that's what they did. They piled up in his car. They drove to Atlanta, Georgia. While they were there, they were partying and having a time, and then they separated for a time, and those two young men, older older young men, but older men, Those two young men separated from Harold Morris and thought, you know what, it'd be neat if we go down here and let's rob a convenience store. So they got a gun. They went down to the local convenience store. They thought it'd be a quick snatch and grab. And if I remember the story correctly, I think the store owner pulled a gun or something and one of those young men took his gun and he shot the store owner and killed him. They fled the scene. They went back to Harold Morris and they said, listen, we need to go take us back. And so those two men got in the car with Harold Morris. Harold Morris drove them back, I think to North Carolina, but anywhere, wherever it was, he drove them back to another state. The police came in, began to investigate those two men who robbed the convenience store. And those two men corroborated a story. And this is what they said. We didn't have anything to do with it. Harold Morris killed him. And Harold Morris, I think I'm telling you right on this, was in his 20s. I think 24 years old, I think. Harold Morris was sentenced to two life sentences. In fact, that's right. He was put on death row. He was put on death row. Interesting story. Go read it. For the next number of years, he... he, was kept in a state penitentiary. He talks about all the things in that penitentiary. Terrible. And then they finally figured out, they finally figured out that Harold Morris, here's the clincher, Harold Morris did not know about the crime. And because he did not know about the crime, they pardoned him. Anyway, he went around the country, began to give his testimony to kids all over America. Now, you see, preacher, why'd they let him go? He didn't know. He didn't know. He wasn't a part of it. You know, one of these days when we stand before an almighty God, you'll never be able to say to God almighty, I didn't know. I didn't know. We will not be able to use that excuse. You know why? Because we know. We've heard the truth. We've heard the truth. In fact, to be quite honest with you, church, we've heard the truth so much. we We got to the point now it just goes in one ear and out the other. And we don't even give it a passing thought. But those who've heard the truth and reject, their punishment in eternity will be worse than other folks. So I would ask you this. Have you responded to the truth? You've heard the truth. Have you responded? You say, Pastor, I've I've heard, but I've never been saved. Today's your day. Today's the day where you ought to get saved. Preacher, I've heard the truth, but I've been living away from the Lord for a long, long time. And I know, I know what's right. And yet I've been living out of the will of God for a long, long time. Today's your day. Today's your day to respond to the truth and come to Christ. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for your blessings. And Lord, thank you for this time we've had together today. God, this is a sober truth. It's a serious truth that we've shared today but it's a real truth. And Father, I pray today that you've worked in someone's heart. Maybe someone in this room, maybe someone watching by way of the live stream. And Lord, I pray today that they would put pride to the side. I pray today that they would say no more procrastination. I'm not going to presume that I'm going to make it back here tonight. But today I'm getting ready to respond to truth. Give my heart to Christ. Rededicate my life back to Jesus. Lord, whatever whatever it is, I pray that you'd have your way in this invitation. Now our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. Without anybody looking just for a minute, I want to ask a couple questions. Personal workers, y'all go ahead and tiptoe on up, please. Preacher, if I died today, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I am saved and going to heaven when I die. Now, here's a wonderful thing, Calvary. If you can say that, then you can just lift your hand right now as a testimony. Pastor, I know it. I know it, I know it. Praise the Lord. You can lower your hands. Thank you so much. Let me ask you this, though. How many are in this room today who would say, Brother Pope, I'm going to be honest. If I died today, I am not 100% sure that I would go to heaven. And I want you to pray for me today. If that's you, without anybody looking, nobody's looking right now except me. But if that's you, would you right now just slip your hand up and let me pray for you right now? You'd slip it up. Preacher, if I died, I'm not sure about heaven. Would you pray for me? Is there one anywhere right now you'd raise your hand? Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You can take it right back down. Is there another right now? I see that hand. Is there another Pastor, if I died right now, I'm not 100% sure that I would go to heaven, but I want to know. And if that's you, you just slip your hand up very quietly. You just slip it up. Amen. Amen. How many are here today and you'd say, Preacher, I am saved. I've already raised my hand about that, but I'm going to be honest. I'm not where I need to be with the Lord. I know I'm not. I'm not where I need to be with Christ. I know it. God's revealed it to me. Without anybody looking, nobody looking, right now, you just slip your hand up right now. Say, preacher, that's me. Pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for me. Yep. Wow. Hey, today's your day. Today's your day. If you're watching by way of live stream, and... uh, One of those questions hit you. We have some folks at the phone right now who want to speak with you. Just dial that number on your screen right now. And we have some folks waiting by the phone. They want to try to help you. Would you do me a a favor, church? With heads bowed and eyes closed, would you stand with us all over the house this morning? Folks are already coming. Folks are already in the altar. And I'm going to pray a prayer. And when I say amen, I want you to keep your heads bowed. But if you're here this morning and you need to come, For any reason at all, I'm going to ask you to step out and come. So, Father, I pray you'd have your way in this invitation. Holy Spirit, I believe that you are already at work. You're already working. You're already working. Lord, keep on working. Don't let me get in the way. Don't let anybody else get in the way. Holy Ghost, work now, please. And I pray that eternal work would be done in this time. Have your way, Lord, please, have your way. God, give help and courage. And we thank you, we thank you, Lord, we thank you, Lord. When our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. If you need to come, I want you to step out, come on. We have some folks down there in the front, we call them personal workers. They've got a Bible in their hand. That's right. That's right. Personal workers, y'all be on the lookout now. If you're here this morning and say, Pastor, I raised my hand a moment ago, I'm not sure. Hey, I want you to come right now. If you raised your hand or if you didn't raise your hand, Right now, I want you to step out. I want you to come. I'm so glad I get to be a part of a church like this. Spiritual hospital. You say, Brother Steve, I'm not worthy to come down to that that altar. Well, none of us are. But if you're here this morning and you're struggling, I'll promise you, there's help down here. There's help with the Lord. Would you come while we wait? While while others are getting help? Would you come? Would you come? Come on. It's 1241. We're, we're, We're 10 minutes over, church. Listen, in light of eternity, that's nothing. Nothing, nothing. Would you come while we wait? Preacher, I have a specific need. We've got some folks down here in the front with a Bible. They'll help you specifically today. Would you come? Oh, God. We thank you for being so good to us. Why you would so faithfully meet with us at Calvary, we will never understand outside of the grace of God. Lord, you're doing something right now. Father, hearts are getting some help. Lord, right now, I pray you give folks courage to come. Holy Ghost, send the revival fires. Help folks to come to Jesus. God, continue to lead and guide this invitation. Lord, help us, please. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Now, if you come this morning and you don't get prayed with, you be sure you come see us. We want to we help you, pray with you.